Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Kill the intro, sis. You know she's not your average Joe, not your average Joe. Wow, here we go. Welcome back to Not Your Average Joe, the podcast that'll make anyone a little less average. I'm your host, Joe Franco, and damn, I know y'all, it's been a long time. It's been a really long time, and I apologize, but you know what? Before we get into the sad story of why I haven't posted or whatever, I really wanted to just thank you for being here, because if you're listening still after my hiatus, you're the real one. And if you're just tuning in, welcome all the same. I'm your host, Joe Franco, and today is going to be a bit of a 2023 celebratory victory lap. That's what I want this month to feel like. And at my company, Joe Club, the journaling company, all month long, our sessions are themed around looking back at 2023. And every session is different, right? So you're like, how can you have like eight sessions about the same thing? To give you an example, yesterday I went to a session hosted by Kristen and Remy, facilitators of mine, Stellar. And it was all about looking through your camera roll and digesting some of the photos that you've taken that you don't even remember you took. Like, okay, here was one of the prompts. It's so good. Scroll back to the first photo of yourself you took in January of this year. What advice would you give to that person? And that was just the starter prompt. My company is so dope. And then, of course, I started thinking about how my first photo, it was a selfie of me staring up at the sun. I was in Connecticut and I was craving many things. I was craving a stable relationship. I was craving growth for Joe Club. I was craving creativity. And I didn't know that all the things that I wanted would manifest in my life. Like now it's December of 2023. I'm in a beautiful, stable relationship. Joe Club has grown, not in the way that I thought it would, but it has grown nonetheless. And I'm being creative because I'm now building content systems so I can get back on content in 2024. So my question is, what advice would you give yourself the first day of the year now knowing what you know? And to kick us off, I actually just finished the journal. If you're watching on YouTube, you could see my Joe Club journal. I made this journal in June for the first Joe Club retreat of the year. A lot, a lot, a lot has happened. Like even in January, a lot has happened. So I actually spent the night writing down all the lessons that I've learned this year that have been a little bit different than what I have learned in the past. Also, I want to give a shout out to anybody who's ordered my journal, Fluentish. Again, if you're watching on YouTube, you could see it. So a lot of my year was spent making sure that the promo was good for the book. This was a project that took me two years to make. And I'm just in awe that I have a box of books that I made behind me. And it's good. By the way, I wasn't planning on making this episode, but at my Fluentish launch party, a lot of people came from abroad to come see me and party with me here in London. And a lot of people said that my podcast kept them going. And I don't know, I was like, wow, I didn't think you guys 
care that much. When you're creating things and it's so genuine to you, you don't realize like what's happening on the other side of the reception. So I'm bringing it back because it was really good for me too. And I think if you can feed two birds with one scone, it becomes this like beautiful circle of goodness. Like I like making the podcast. You like listening to the podcast. We all benefit. I get to meet cool people on the podcast, namely you on the other end. So, all right, let's kick it off. So here are 23 plus things I've learned in 2023. Oh, and these range in all aspects of my life. This is not just like with work or love or friendship or whatever. Just what came to me in a dungeon wine bar. Number one, you can grow in love. One of the perceptions that I had of love before my relationship was that it was like the movies and that's so stupid. This all sounds so damn cliche. But when I met my partner, I kind of knew that it would be something serious and it scared me. So I friend zoned him for nine months. And when we started dating, I realized we were very, very different. Like we're opposites in the sense of like, he's very calm and grounded. And obviously I'm crazy as hell. And I thought like, man, is this ever going to work? I, I might need somebody that's a little bit more pizzazzy and energetic and blah, blah, blah. And that was me sabotaging because he's actually the exact balance that I need. And what I've seen in our relationship is like, damn, it just keeps getting better as opposed to my past relationships where it just got worse. And that's a big lesson to learn because all the people that you know that are in stable relationships, I've talked to them in my life, the ones that I, the rare ones. And they're like, yeah, you grow into it. Like you, you just continue to develop that love and relationship. And I'm like, well, this I can do because I'm a marathon runner, not a sprinter. So Yes, as long as the other person is also dedicated to growing, you win the money. Okay, so number two, customer service is everything. This is one of those lessons from business. Not only is it so frustrating when you like a product, but their customer service is shit. But as a business owner, I will specifically choose tech platforms or to work with vendors who have better customer service. You could have all the bells and whistles, but if I need your help and you send me to a chatbot and I can't talk to a human, I'm not going to be a lifetime customer. And that's something to keep in mind for like anybody who's developing their business. If your customer service is shit, it's going to make people not be lifelong customers and people will not sing your praises. Number three, authenticity takes a bit more work. We're living in the age of AI. We all know this. And in order to be authentic and like to prove your validity as you, I find that you need to go above and beyond. Everything can be automated these days. Your text can be automated. Your DMs can be automated. Your comments on your Instagram posts can be automated. So what I've started doing is sending voice notes or little videos that are custom to friends or even to people who DM me. It's like, this is really me. This is the authentic Joe. And it's something that I would definitely advise for you to do. I think remembering people's birthdays and messaging them and sending them a voice note or a video, that's going to be the glue to solidified relationships in this next era. Because anything can be automated, but no one can be out here stealing your personality. They can. AI can do that too. If you use the voice of Joe Franco on ChatGPT, it'll be very sassy. But you can tell when it's really me versus when it's AI. Number four, learning tools is more powerful and important than you think. My philosophy in my company is that I will learn how to speak the language of every single thing that I delegate because I want to know just enough to know if you're doing a bad job. 
And it saved me a lot of money. It's cost me a lot of time though, because I do spend hours and days learning tech. Tech is not my excellent superpower, but it's a good, I'm good at tech. I'm not excellent at it, but I do know enough. So I know if somebody's taking advantage of me and I think it's more powerful than we think because with so much tech development, you're going to need to hang, like you're going to need to keep up. So invest in learning a new tool, whether it's a creative tool, get like Adobe Creative Cloud or data tracking tool. The tools are everything and you can never have enough tools in your toolkit. Five, skills are more lucrative than money. A skill is versatile. Money, yes, is versatile. But if you're not learning anything to get the money, it's actually costing you more than you'll make because that time could have been spent learning. Basically, I guess that point is all about it reminds me of when I was first starting out that like I didn't have anything, but I developed in my skills. And then those skills that I then developed, yes, made me money, but I would always put myself in a position to learn more. I was just talking to a friend about this. He pitched a higher salary and the company didn't give him exactly what he wanted, but they did give him a bit more. And I was like, well, why don't you make it even better for yourself and have them pay for certifications? training programs, find conferences, pitch your company to send you to conferences, because the learning that they can pay for you to learn is going to be much more valuable than the extra 5k in salary. Because with that knowledge and that skill, you can actually develop more products, more skills, more salary, blah, blah, blah. I just think that any opportunity that you can to Learn is a good opportunity because the learning is way more valuable than the money. If a company's like, hey, I'll pay you 10K or I'll pay for your education to learn how to do all of these tech things, I'll take the education. Like I will be paid in knowledge any day because I can make much more money leveraging that knowledge than I could if it's just a job that's like using my time in exchange for the money. If somebody's paying you for your time, and you haven't thought of a creative way to learn something in the process, you're actually losing more because that time you'll never get back. And so you need to maximize that time by learning things on the job and getting paid to learn. And of course, getting money is not bad, but money is not everything because the skill can make you more money in the long run. You dig? Lesson number six, languages cut through the bullshit. The layers of small talk immediately melt, whether I'm speaking Italian to a server or business with an executive, or I'm getting a story with an author. Knowing languages gives you access. And as I write this, Giuseppe gave me another Bordeaux just because I spoke to him in Italian. For free, by the way. Yeah, language gives you access. When I learn languages, it's not for the hobby to say that I speak seven, eight languages. It's honestly for access, access into new places, access to learn about new people, access to love and care you wouldn't have ever experienced. When you speak somebody's language, you're getting on their level, you're getting into their wavelength. You don't rely on the small talk. You don't rely on the fluff. It's like immediately they feel seen. And when people feel seen, they feel like family. And when people feel like family, they help each other. You get where this is going? Just the other day, I walked into a restaurant here, Cafe Bohème. It's my favorite London restaurant. And it was full. It's like a sexy little cafe in Soho. And I walked up and I was like, hey, do you have a table for two? And the host was like, no, I'm so sorry, we don't. But he had an accent. And I was like, what language do you speak? And I like leaned in. Because I'm like, okay, I got seven that I could work with here. And he's like, Italian. I'm like, He's like, ah, cacchio, non abbiamo prenotato, però possiamo mangiare. And immediately he was like, let me see what I can do. 
finds a table in the back, gives us the best table. And I'm like, would he have given a crap had I not spoken Italian? The answer is no. Just the other day, too, in the same cafe, uh, I was getting my food delivered and the woman delivering it was French. I see you a lot here. And I'm like, oh, oui, j'adore écrire ici, blah, blah, blah. She was like, ah, mais tu parles français? And I was like, oui. And then we became kind of friends and then she comped the entire meal. I'm like, dude, what? If you're broke, just learn languages. Going back to the other point I made earlier, skill is more important than money because not only does it help you build relationships, but it actually saves you money and makes you money. C'est ouf là. Okay, number seven. Your trauma makes you more empathetic. That's a powerful one. I'll say it again. Your trauma makes you more empathetic because only when you've gone through grave dark spots can you possibly begin to understand how somebody else feels in a dark spot so anytime i'm in a lull or like have something traumatic happen of course i sit in the pain and i think about how shitty it is but at the same time i also think like damn this just added a layer of texture to my empathy that i didn't have before and i guess that's a way of putting a positive spin on very shitty things just know that if you're going through a hard time it is definitely stretching your empathy and it will help you connect to people down the line who are in similar situations and even not similar situations like going back to the language thing if you know what it is to be in a country and no one understands you you're going to be way more empathetic and helpful to somebody who's in a room that can't speak your language because you know what it is to be in that position so it just grows this like humanity within you And that's what I think trauma does to people. It grows humanity. It shows you the depths of like human suffering. And when you understand that kind of pain, you're able to understand it not for just yourself, but for others around you. Because contrary to that theory, like you are not the only human surrounded by robots. We're all humans with feelings. Some of us have more feelings than others, but it doesn't change the fact that when you go through something painful, it starts making you realize like, damn, other people probably go through this too. Trauma bonds. Lesson number nine, handwritten notes will set you apart. That's an old school lesson in the book, but if you really want to build relationships and cut through the clutter of digital noise, break out that paper and pen, write somebody a, a cute little note, mail it to them with a stamp. I wonder if Gen Z even knows how to mail stuff. And that maybe that's like belittling, but I, I genuinely like curiously, I'm sure you guys know. Gen Z, if you're listening, please slide in my DMs at Joe underscore Franco. Do you mail things? Maybe you guys are even mailing things more than the millennial generation because you're all nostalgic and into film photography, same, and all things vintage. Yeah, I write cards for my team. I send them goodies and I mail it to them abroad and maybe it takes three months for them to get it because of customs, but I still do it because I feel like when you get a handwritten note that's custom to you, It's very special. At my retreat, I had 20 people come to Mexico and I spent a long time writing every single retreater a personal handwritten note that was waiting for them on their bed with their custom journal because I care and I want you to feel loved and it's not common. So that's why it will set you apart. Lesson number 10, we're almost halfway there. Adult relationships are not linear. So when we're adults, I feel like relationships get... A little bit more complex and as I'm entering this stage in in life I'm not ready for this yet but like I know friends of mine have already crossed that or will people are having babies people are getting married 
dynamics change. And sometimes it's okay that you don't speak to a friend for six months. I think this is where the gut comes in really, really profoundly. If you have friends that you know are good to you and good for you, but you don't speak as often as you did, it doesn't mean that they're no longer your friend. It just means that relationships as an adult are complicated. It's just complicated. And making that effort is important, but also you don't want to make all the effort and it not being reciprocated. Communication is key. And I'm just going to keep saying things that sound like they should be on fridge magnets because fridge magnet wisdom is the way to go. Lesson number 11, not every good friend will feel like family. So I was thinking a lot about this. I've made really good friends and I have a lot of legacy friends. Many of you already know my theory. I have legacy friends and evolutionary friends. My legacy friends are the ones that'll be in my life, whether I speak to them every six months or I only see them once a year. Those are the friends who knew me before I was me today, and they've been my friend for 10 plus years. Legacy friends, though, sometimes are like a blast from the past and they stay kind of frozen in the back, as in in the past. But then I have evolutionary friends and evolutionary friends are people that may have come into my life later and they inspire me a lot and they push me to grow and they don't know who I was before all of my you know career developments and everything evolutionary friends however might not feel like family and that's why it's important to keep both kinds of friends around you might spend more time with your evolutionary friends but you got to ask yourself which one of those if any of them feel like family the way your legacy friends do and just like family you're not always going to like all the members in your family but it doesn't mean that they're not your family. It's just a different kind of connection. And accepting that I think is very wise because it, it creates peace. Because then you're not gonna have expectations that your evolutionary friend should feel like family and that your legacy friend should motivate you to be your very best version. It might not happen. Rarely do you have all of those combinations in one person. And honey, if you have that, you gotta hold on and appreciate them. Lesson number 12, people are not replaceable. So we grew up with a single mom who definitely wanted to protect us and said to us growing up, people are replaceable. And we all believed it, which we then had to unlearn. I had a best friend for 12 years growing up, elementary school. She was one of those friends that I was like, we're going to grow old together. We're going to live next to each other. We're going to get married to twin boys so we could be sisters for real life. And that friendship fell apart around college. And I've yet to find a good friend similar to her. I should reach out to her. She reached out to me recently. The point is people are not replaceable. The connections that you have with people, they're not easy. They're not common. And it's cool to think about that because whenever something is finite, it's, it's what gives it its value, like supply and demand. If it's not as easy to find, you're going to have to invest more in it. That applies for the stock market. That applies for your business. That applies for goods on the shelf at the market. And it also applies for your friendships. If the bonds that you have are harder to find, you need to invest more in them because people are not replaceable. And that's not to say that you can't end a relationship that's no longer serving you, but trying to replace that and like copy and paste that into somebody else, it's not going to work. So the growth in this chapter for me, it's all about accepting the things in the past that have happened, letting it be in the past and looking forward in the future, knowing that I don't know what's on the other end. I don't know what relationships I'll make, what friendships I'll find. But it's not going to look like it did in the past. And that is both refreshing and exciting and also a little melancholic because the past felt good at one point until it didn't. Am I making any damn sense? 
I literally don't know if I'm making any sense. Lesson number 13, investing in yourself is always a good idea. Sign up for that course. <laughs> I wrote that. This is all handwritten in my journal, by the way. So investing in yourself, like I said earlier, those skills are actually worth far much more than money. Investing in yourself with health will increase your longevity and investing in yourself with getting the right support will definitely grow your peace. Investing in yourself by being around mentors and people that are smarter than you will grow your opportunities. Investing in yourself by moving to the place where the action in your dreams happen, it will grow everything. And it's not easy to invest in ourselves when people depend on us or when we have limiting beliefs or guilt that we shouldn't be investing in ourselves. In the Mexico retreat, one of the retreaters candidly said in the open discussion that she felt guilty because as you know, a minority woman paying for a retreat, flying all the way to Mexico just to grow, felt guilty. And I get it, I've been there before. The first time I invested in myself, I was like, what the hell am I doing? Do I really deserve this? By the end of that experience that I paid for, I was like, wow, I can show up in my life more efficiently, happier, with more of my magic, and in turn, everything will increase. My opportunities, my money, the good people I attract into my life. By the end of the week, this retreater was like, this was the best thing that I've ever done for myself. And I just realized the value of investing in myself in this way. It doesn't need to be as ridiculous as a retreat. With Joe Club, because by the way, we're doing four next year, but it should be something that you feel you've wanted to do. So that's why I'm back in film school, because I wanted to invest in my creativity and I wanted to make it something that I put in my calendar. So every Saturday for four hours, I'm on Zoom calls. I'm now in the research paper module. Next semester, I'm going to be doing the first three episodes of my docu-series that I'm developing. And it's amazing because I feel better about myself because I'm investing in myself. Also, it grows the relationship you have with yourself because you realize like you will look out for yourself. You will help yourself. And the minute you start gaining that trust, you're more capable of achieving things because you're confident. And when you walk into a room with confident energy, you attract more things. It's like this inertia that grows, the snowball that grows. When you build self-trust, you grow your confidence. When you grow your confidence, you open your network. When you open your network, opportunities suddenly start to present themselves. And none of that can happen if you don't invest in yourself. Number 14, elastic discipline is my vibe. So shout out to my partner on this one. He said this to me, and it's like a theory he has. He's big on discipline, but elastic discipline is actually way more my thing. As in, developing lifestyle habits that you can fall out of but fall back into. Maybe I'm studying a lot today, like I'm learning languages a lot today, but next month I'm busy and I'll stop. But the following month I'll start again. Maybe right now I'm running a lot and I'm always in the gym and I'm fit. Next month something happens, I can't run anymore. The next month I do. When I look back at my life, there are a few habits that have stuck, even if I've fallen off of them. Fitness, language learning, creating. All of those things are lifestyle habits and it's all about elastic discipline. And it's like allowing yourself to fall off and get back on. You know that these are not hobbies that you're doing short term. These are lifelong hobbies. It's like your identity is tied to these hobbies. Identity driven hobbies is really what this is. And I think it's important to have those because you know that no matter what's going on, you will eventually learn languages again. You know that no matter how crazy life gets, eventually you'll get back in the gym. 
it's okay if you can't do it all the time, as long as you do it through the course of your life. Lesson number 15, learning languages can change how you see the world. Cultural sensitivity is real. And oh my God, this is crazy. Okay, so I thought I had seen a lot of things as far as like learning about culture and language and blah, blah, blah. Whenever I learn a new language, I try really hard to understand how the people think, how the expressions are. And when you start learning Dutch, I'm learning Flemish right now, but when you start learning Dutch, you realize how exaggerated Americans are. All the languages that I've learned prior are like very expressive cultures. So it's all the romance languages, okay, French, maybe not as expressive in their like boisterousness, but they are expressive in their flowery language. Spanish, obviously very expressive. Greek, super expressive. Egyptian, Arabic, super expressive. Portuguese, Italian. When I started learning Dutch, I realized I'm so exaggerated, so extreme. Flemish and Dutch speaking people are very to the point, very even keel. They're not going to say like, that's the best thing that's ever happened. It's like, no, that's okay. It's not bad. It, I don't know. It's made me realize like, wow, I could tone it down a notch. But I also now look at things through the Dutch filter. So I'll be in a meeting with somebody from the States and I'm like, wow, these people are so damn extreme. Like nothing is that great. Nothing is that bad. So it's making me feel a little exposed. And that's a good thing because if I hadn't started learning Flemish, I would have never, ever considered myself exaggerated and cartoonish. I like who I am, but at least now I can toggle between Like, wow, this is how I perceive myself. This is how they might be perceiving me. And just because someone thinks you're charismatic and amazing in one culture does not mean that it translates to another culture. And that, my friends, is some food for thought. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Lesson number 16, being an auntie or fun tea is the greatest job on earth. You could still be present in their lives from afar. One of my favorite people this year has been Donovan, Donnie, my nephew. We've maintained contact and it really makes me happy that he knows who I am, that we have a bond, that he's been here on the podcast. He'll definitely be on the podcast in the coming weeks because I'm going to go home for a month. My niece, Georgia, just turned five, and on her birthday, she insisted we FaceTime, which was so cute. I'm grateful that with technology, you could be in their lives even from afar, that you could be in their lives even from afar. I should really start mailing them stuff because they're, they're old enough now to open the mail, and I can connect some of these dots. So I'm going to do that. Shout out to that Fonty life. Number 17, it is and isn't all about the money. Having a near-death experience taught me that when it's all said and done, it's all about love. So I've now gone on to my seventh, this will be my seventh year anniversary of getting shot. 
if you didn't know, I got shot seven years ago. And we spend, we, this one's a classic lesson. We spend all of our time chasing money, but in a moment of crisis or in a moment of desperation, you're literally not thinking about money. You're not. You're thinking about love. You're thinking about connection. You're thinking about, will you ever get to hug the person that you care about again? Will you ever get to say those last words, the I love yous? And it's always a good reminder ending the year because December is the busiest time. It's Q4. People are trying to drain their budgets, get more budget approved, making business plans and everything. But reminding myself to take that time and be close to my niece and nephews and my family. Like I'm going home for a month for a reason, because even though I can spend all year long grinding it out, it's like I still want that love and I still want to make sure that those relationships are priorities. And so, yeah, it's a little wholesome sliver on the list. Lesson number 18, nickel and diming is never a good look. More deals have come to me from free opportunities than paid ones. Yeah, I've seen this a lot when I'm trying to even hire someone. If somebody's nickel and diming me for everything, I just don't want to work with you long term. And it's primarily because when I'm trying to work with someone, I'm more than lenient. I have done so many free things that have led to six-figure deals and when people are nickel and diming me, I'm like, you just missed out on six figures over, you know, the course of the next few years that I would have paid you had you been lovely to work with and not been so stingy with your time or whatever. It's not to say you shouldn't value yourself, but nickel and diming, it's never a good look. That's never how good relationships start. So it depends too, because you have to have a good spidey sense for somebody who's going to take advantage of you. And that's another lesson in itself. Lesson number 19 you cannot, and I repeat, cannot do it all alone. As I grow Joe Club and my operation becomes giant, I've realized I had key people help me and I, I will continue to grow this team. So right now I have an executive assistant, I have head of tech and design, I have head of copy and content, I have eight plus facilitators, I have a web designer who helps me make the site look better every day. I'll eventually onboard a podcast editor, a video editor, and an animator again. And I think that's everyone. Oh, I have a systems expert who's building me a giant operating system so that all of this content can be organized. I can't do all that alone. I can't do that alone. And so it's just a reminder that if you're hyper-independent like me, you need to grow out of that and ask for help and delegate. Many times this year, I've had multiple joke club sessions happening at once while I'm out in the street giving a speech or running a joke club session. And it's crazy. Like I was at the Mexico retreat and there were sessions happening online that I wasn't even a part of. And all my retreaters were like, Joe, there's a joke club session happening. And I'm like, yes, this is what two years of training people, having hard work behind the scenes and pulling it all off. That's what this, this looks like. It's scalable now. It would not have been scalable if I thought I could do it all on my own. It's so wild to see the flowers start to bloom because I've been working a lot in the dirt. <laughs> it's been a dirt-filled two years. And lesson number 20, you can only build a legacy with delayed gratification. Yeah, like I said, I've been in the dirt and I've been building a legacy brand. I'll say for three years because Joe Club really started three years ago. I was in the dirt. And by in the dirt, I mean like I didn't know what tech platforms to use. I didn't know... I changed tech platforms. I didn't know the pricing model. I didn't know anything about email marketing. I didn't know anything about funnels. I didn't know much about web design or dealing with WordPress. I didn't know about managing teams. I didn't know about hiring people. I didn't know about firing people. That's what I've been doing. I've been learning all of that 
behind the scenes for the last three years. And so when I'm not making podcasts or making videos or making content, that's what I'm doing. And let me tell you, those skills are definitely different than what I had learned making content. I was in the dirt. I still am, but I love it. I like playing in the dirt <laughs> and it's delayed gratification because for those three years, it's a lot of time. It's a lot of investment, a lot of money, and you're not getting much of that money back. But now I'm finally like, damn, it's all starting to pay off. Delayed gratification is the only way. Lesson number 21, community is as important as food and water. Having and feeling like you're truly a part of a community is medicine to combat the loneliness crisis. And I have a theory that everything has been online for the last 15, 20 years, but retreats and in-life, real-life experiences are going to be what people seek out the most because with AI and with this like easy-to-automate culture, you really never know what's authentic online. You don't know what bonds are real. And the only thing that will be verified authentic are in-the-flesh experiences so if you are a business owner and you're thinking about developing something, I highly suggest retreats. Not only are they fun as hell for me to coordinate, but there's nothing like meeting your people in person and creating that sense of community in real life, especially in like a beautiful venue, off the beaten path destination with great housing, great food, some experiences like climbing a mountain that literally climbing a mountain that bonds you together. It's really priceless. And... I have a feeling that the luxury in 2024 is that it's going to be in-person experiences. And if you need help planning any of them, slide up in my emails, joe at joannafranco.com. I can help you plan your retreats. That would actually be such a dream come true to help other creators create these experiences that I've painfully learned how to do from start to finish. Number 22, creative outlets heal wounds. And the act of being creative is innately human. Without learning some sort of expression, we are lost. On the surface, it's seen as superficial. Creativity might be seen as extra. But without it, our lights dim because when we silence our inner creative voice, we completely start to drown. For me, writing feels like quenching a thirst. It's like I was hungry for something. Like As I start to write, I physically feel different. I feel like that satiating bar, like if I had a barometer for satisfaction, it would start to grow with every word that I write. And anytime I don't do it, I'm like, why am I not doing this? Because the minute I start doing it, it just feels better. And if you've been suppressing some creativity, do me a favor and let it out, baby. Ain't nobody trying to live a 2024 creative constipated life, okay? Lesson number 23. This one is simple but powerful. Be the example that you want to be. Many people will look for others for permission. And I think that that's fair. And that's like very instinctive as a human. You look around to see if anybody looks like you, to see if anybody's doing what you're doing, to see if, you know, we want to fit in. We don't want to stick out. But if you want to be legendary, if you want to innovate, you got to do stuff that no one's done yet, which means being the example that you want to see. And it's never going to be perfect when you start. It's going to look like crap. It's going to feel like crap. Anything I've ever started was so bad before it got a little bit better. I'm not even saying that it's good today because it's, it's a little bit better than when I started. And that's it. It's like you just start something and then you make it a little bit better one day. Then you wake up the next day planning to make it a little bit better. The thing is you can never stop trying to make it a little bit better. Not only will that keep you grounded because you don't have these giant ambitions to go from zero to 100, but it makes it more attainable. 
If all you got to do is wake up and make something a little bit better or learn a little bit more or do a little bit more or run a little bit further, it's not as intimidating. And with that kind of in the background, you can be an example. You could be the example that you want. You could be your own greatest role model. You could be the biggest love of your life. And I highly recommend it because relying on others is not always a good thing. Very few people in life are reliable and dependable. So you have to be reliable to yourself. And that's it. Sometimes it's, you know, elastic discipline. Let's not get crazy. Sometimes you're just not about it. But ride that motivation when you have it and be that example and write it down. Write it down and journal about it. Because when you're down, you could reread when you weren't down and boost yourself back up again. There's nothing like coaching yourself through the pages of your journal and also stopping bad patterns and cheering yourself on and reminding yourself that you're on the right path. That's why I use paper and pen just as a guider. It's like a, a reminder that I'm doing this and I'm on the right path. And little by little, I write my dream life. Lesson number 24, shit will take longer than you think it will, but that's what makes it interesting. It's true. Lesson number 25, sunlight and being away from screens will change your life. That's a work in progress for my next year. Lesson number 26, writing with erasable pens is my jam. It's conviction and humility in one. Yes, I am linking in the show notes some uh, gifts, like a gift guide. And in that gift guide, you'll see my pens with erasers. It's amazing. Lesson number 27, a solitary life is a life in deficit. I've been very lonely in my life because when you work a lot, you're, you're kind of like secluded. I can't imagine that that's good for you. I'm ready for this next era of my life to be about togetherness, which obviously will come at a sacrifice to how much I can work. But I think it's time. I think it's time. I don't want to live alone like that. Like when I look back at my favorite memories, it's from childhood, the village life in Brazil. Everybody's together. Chios, chios, primos, everybody's together. And now I look at my life and it's like, yeah, I'm making way more money than I've ever made. But I'm alone 99% of the time. And that's just a life in deficit. Lesson number 28. Success comes at a cost. Ask yourself what you're willing to pay. Like I said, I was willing to pay that solitude tax. I am no longer willing to pay that. And what you're willing to pay changes over, over the course of your life, obviously, because your life changes. But ask yourself, like, what are you willing to pay for the price of success? Are you willing to miss every single person in your family's birthday? Are you willing to not have a stable relationship for a decade? Like all of those things I have paid and I'm not going to pay those anymore. And that's good. I earn my rights. <laughs> or maybe that's what I tell myself to sleep at night. Lesson number 29. Loud bars and pubs are not it. Also, drinking culture is fun, but needs to be reformed. We need outing options that cater to sober folks. This is uh, a sign that I'm definitely getting older. I don't like being in bars or restaurants or clubs at all that have loud ass music. And I can't even have a conversation when I'm like, my lips are touching my neighbor's ear and they can't hear me. Like what? Who decided that this was okay? You know, in Belgium, they have a decibel meter at the back of venues so that if it ever goes above 130, the club or venue gets fined. That's my kind of country. They're a little extreme, but when it comes to loud levels, like that's what we should all be doing. Not only is it damaging to our ears, it's just uncomfortable. Like who likes that? If you like loud music, please let me know. Like loud music in bars and clubs when people are having conversations. I'm not about that. And also I've stopped drinking a lot. Like I only have one glass of wine here and there. Because as an entrepreneur, 
It's expensive as hell to go out, especially in London, and buy a drink that's like 20 pounds. You feel like crap the next day if you go out and you drink a bunch. And I just can't afford it anymore. I just can't afford it. Not like financially. I can't afford losing those days. I need a sharper mind. So again, a glass of wine here and there, a social outing, a social drinker, like that's fine. But I'm not going out with friends who party like that. And that's another reason why a lot of my friendships have like faded into the background because I know that anytime I hang out with certain people, I'm going to be out till four in the morning and feel like garbage for the whole week. She ain't 20 anymore. Lesson number 30, inclusivity is everything. Yeah, tell me I can do better. I'll be bummed, but I'll listen. If you have friends that say bad things, let them know because you care about them. It'll be a bummer, but they'll do better and they'll listen. Lesson number 31, communication is an art and a science. A science that I hope to discuss more on this podcast in the coming weeks. Communication as far as like body language goes, as far as how you frame your sentences, that is a science. But it's also an art of listening, of empathy, of mirroring, of like understanding how to make the people that are in front of you feel seen and heard. It's an art and a science. And those who know it and master it will be far more successful than those who are just logically smart. It's all about that soul-to-soul connection. And then if you have skills and intellect on top of that, you're unstoppable. But if you have skills and intellect and no emotional intelligence, you're not going to go far in life. If you have emotional intelligence and no skills and knowledge, you can still go very far in life. Let's see what else I got. Oh, yeah. Number 32. I need like nine hours of sleep to be fully functional. Problematic. And number 33. Love stories come and go. Loyalty and stability is the real currency. Yeah, I think that's the end of that. I'm on my loyal and stable chapter. I've had many love stories, many fizzling stars in the night sky. And they're great for the books, not good for the stable heart. And definitely not good if you're like me and you want to create something giant. I'm in a stage in my life where I'm building a giant, beautiful, impactful company I don't have time to be wondering if they're going to text me back. Like, I don't have time to be playing a game. I don't have time to be taken advantage of. I don't have time for the he said, she said drama. Like, I'm done with that. You know, in the past, I used to take notes when I would argue with ex-lovers. I don't have time for that. I got to be writing my master plans. So I hope you enjoyed my 33 lessons from 2023. And I would love to see you message me. Or I would love to see your comments below. What lessons have you learned in 2023? And that is it for the day. Thank you so much for listening. If you'd like to start writing and journaling, I've linked an amazing resource down below. It is the 2024 planning template. It's something that I started using a long time ago to identify what I want next year to look like. And when you sign up for that, you get the free resource. You'll also hear from me in my newsletter, the Joe Franco newsletter. I'd love to kick it with you there. Don't forget to rate the show five stars. We're almost at a thousand five-star reviews. I would love to see that happen in the new year. And follow me at Joe underscore Franco on Instagram, as well as on at not your average Joe pod. I'm posting bonus clips. Let me know how you're doing. Send me DMs. Send me emails. Joe at joannafranco.com. We're out here making big moves. And if I can help you grow in any way, I'm all about it. I'm very excited to pick back this podcast and to share a little bit more of my madness with you every single week. So with all of that said, I'm going to sign out. How do I sign out again? Have an above average week because you deserve it. And I'll see you soon. 
you doing? Shit. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. 